Hello. Welcome. Thank you for coming. How are you? Nick, Nick may be joining us a little bit in a little bit. He was in the okay. middle of some business, but he may show up, hopefully. Let's That's see how great. it goes. Good. <laughs> how are you, Catherine? Where are you? Uh, I'm in Guangzhou nowadays. Uh, it's morning time? Yes, it's morning. Beautiful. Good morning, Catherine. Yeah. Hi. And you, Natalie, where are you? Canada, Vancouver. And nice. we have 5 p.m. Five oh, years okay. yeah. <laughs> later, I'm in, in Arizona, Flagstaff. Sunset time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's getting cold. So, well, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, and everybody else, all the attendants as well, very welcome. Thank you for showing up, for being here. Thank you also to every translator and every person who is making this project possible. We are today having the chapter 84 on our road to keep reaching the 100 or 108 chapter. And for, all of, for some of you that may be new or whatever, this is like a program that started with the intention to involve more and more people to the beautiful project that the uh, Mixed Notes translators are doing. Hey, Nick, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Let me, I'm gonna actually spotlight the panelists. That's spotlight and that's spotlight. That's spotlight. Yeah, Family. yeah, so, uh, hey, Amelie. Wow, now she's developing Shata. Good. Hey, Emily. <laughs> she's doing good things for others. Hi. Emily, Emily. Oh, it's so cute. Cutie pie. Cutie pie. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful office you have there. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you for coming as well, Nick. Uh, I was just explaining a little bit of what are we doing here? Um, and I was saying that this program came to existence <laughs> because of the, we want to, to share and make accessible to people uh, more like in the, how to say, often basis, not daily basis, but how to say. Frequent. Current? No, off yeah. basis. I don't know. Frequent. Yeah, frequent, frequent basis. Great, great. Yeah, you're a great translator, I can tell. Um, the, the efforts that the team uh, Mix Nuts is doing, what the, what the team, like, in a way, we will say how this works. It's like there is a team of people looking for uh, ancient texts, in, mostly in Asia, and once they find them, they send them to be input and save into digital uh, format in, in the computer, basically. And then these texts are getting translated. And this is kind of um, a way to share with, with the audience uh, some of the content that happens there. Nick is the director of the Diamond Cutter Classics, is the whole organization who does the translations. And and yeah, it's great having you here. Thank you very much for coming. Um, I would like to introduce as well to Catherine. C can you tell us a little bit of what are you doing these days? Hello, everyone. My name is Catherine it's from Guangzhou. And um, I'm one of the Pure Go translator. Yeah, what we are doing is um, trying to translate um, the English into modern Chinese. So we help uh, with a lot of um, other projects and programs. So that's normally what I do. Nice to be here. Thank you, thank you for coming. And also you organize, um, or at least help to organize the whole like Chinese translation in different programs like this one. So thank you very much for all that help. I have a quick question. Maybe it's a good time to ask. You say modern Chinese. 
what would you say is the main difference between ancient Chinese and modern Chinese? What's the difference? Yeah. Um, well, the ancient Chinese is very elegant and beautiful, but um, not everyone can understand that. <laughs> so um, we should sometimes we should moderate into uh, modern Chinese so that um, most or mo uh, most people could understand. Could we say something like the um, literal Chinese and colloquial Chinese? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> you know, some languages have that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I will also like to introduce Natalie from, well, you, you are living in Canada these days. Could you also tell us a little bit of how did you start getting involved with these teachings and what are you doing these days? Albert, you're muted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I realized that. Well, I learned about these beautiful teachings uh, back in 2019. Uh, someone, uh, my dear friend, actually mentioned about uh, first steps. And a few months after, luckily, Gashel Michael Roach came to Vancouver, to Canada, and uh, I was lucky to win the tickets, and that's where I learned more deeply from your teacher. Uh, and of course, um, it's really impacted me a lot. I started practicing and wanted to learn more, uh, start learning about ICI, and then want to go deeper in volunteering. And, uh, became a volunteer. I'm actually part of the beautiful um, Russian Sangha community. Uh, I translate different videos. I recently started translating steps of ICI. Um, also volunteering in different uh, like Russian community to support these teachings. And here I am today, part of the panelists. <laughs> Hey, thank you, thank you. And you were volunteering in Diamond Mountain as well, no? For this last Medicine Buddha retreat. Yes, thanks for reminding me. It was my second time. The first time was during Lemurine 39 and um, during the Buddha medicine. But it's not my last time, so I'm, I'm going to be back <laughs> next year. Awesome, thank you. Okay, so now we're going to move forward to the topic of tonight. Tonight's topic, I find it very, very interesting because in a way, when I did the reading, when I read it, it surprised me. And many times, I don't know if for some of you this happens, you may think that you know a subject or a topic, but then you study it deeper and you realize you didn't know very well. So it's wonderful. I think this is a great chance. These programs are a great chance to be keeping our studies up and refreshing, getting deeper. It's great to hear what other people have to say about it. We think about it and share. And by sharing, we can, in, we can increase our understanding. Well, in both ways, listening to others and sharing of ourselves and planting the seeds to learn more. Okay, so the topic is how to offer to the three jewels. And what it struck me like very, very interestingly about this topic is that actually, uh, for some of you who may be familiar with the three jewels, basically we can say that the three jewels, the main, main, main idea is they're referring to emptiness in one way or the other. For me, I find it like, it's like the core, um, Thing when we talk about the triules, emptiness is involved. And then I may, I was wondering like, how can we make offerings to an absence, to something that is not there? How do we, I mean, how can I give, let's say Nick right now, how can I give you a cup of tea if you are not here, right? Like, how can I, okay, maybe I could PayPal you like $5 or something, but but in general, how do we develop this relationship with a, a very important absence? So maybe first, I would like just to hear your general like take of each one of you. What did you 
um, thought after reading this this part of the. By the way, this this reading comes from ACI number ten, Master Shantideva's um, Bodhisattva's way of life, and he's setting us up. Just giving context to the audience, he's setting us up for every step we have to do in order to develop uh, bodhicitta, in order to really develop this wish for enlightenment. That last session we were talking with Ben Kramer as well and other panelists, like it is also in a way it's an energy inside of you. It's like it's like something that gives you, I would say, power to to transform this our reality into a beautiful, 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 perfect world. So one of the steps is uh, we we get ready, we purify the bad seeds, and then we start making offerings. Offerings, but to whom? To the three jewels. So um, could you give us just like a brief description on, on what did you find interesting about this reading and, and what were your main thoughts around it? And any of you, maybe you can start, Catherine? If you feel like, you can always use your card of pass and we go to the next panelist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, actually, um, I think this uh, topic is very beautiful. Well, I am uh, surprised when, as you said, well, this topic is uh, familiar with us, right? But um, when I read this uh, reading, I think, oh, there's a lot that actually we didn't know. <laughs> so... I found, um, but uh, overall, I think, oh, that's great. Now I know I have a lot I can offer. <laughs> Before I was like, uh, um, because normally we are doing um, the actions, right? Uh, we are like, uh, we are buying things, putting on the altar, or we are doing these uh, kind of like offering thing, but um, not keeping in mind all the time of this emptiness, thinking emptiness with the understanding of emptiness and um, the good seeds or the merit that we collected, they are limited if we uh, just do the actions with just do the offerings, but without uh, understanding. So, um, it's very, so I think it's very important to uh, try to remember and try to think. And at least like um, while we are doing the actions, we can't guarantee all the time we can think of um, or with the understanding of emptiness all the time. But at least while we are doing the actions, where we are doing the offerings or we're, while we are giving something to somebody um we should uh, it's a good chance to remind us to try to think try to bring the understanding of emptiness and it will have totally different meaning so um that's what i think well looking uh, while reading these materials beautiful beautiful materials yeah thank you Catherine. thank you and for you, Natalie, what, what, what did you find interesting about this reading? What were your thoughts on the general subject? What was the interesting for me the most? Well, as a person who like logic, I would say, I like how these three offerings, they were really logically presented and actually connected. So first, yeah, they were talking about uh, we owe nothing. Uh, we really owe nothing. Even the stuff that we do, we think we owe. Actually, they're not going to stay with us forever. Uh, and therefore, we have the opportunity to offer the beauty, the beauty of the mountains, the sky. Uh, but at the same time, we can, uh, the next step out of this, uh, we can think that 
yes, we own nothing, but I have my own body. Yes, it's still I own nothing. It's not going to stay with me, but at least it's close to me. Uh, so I can do a service uh, to a three jewels. I'll put my body as a uh, to act. To, to do a beautiful services. And out of this, the third one comes. Uh, so use not only like body in a different way, you can physically serve them as to, to go to Diamond Mountain, for example, <laughs> for Buddha medicine, or you can uh, serve them mentally using your own imagination in your mind as you can imagine how you take care of them. So to me, I was reading that. Um, I see it's a beautiful, logical connection between uh, those offerings, uh, which is easy to understand um, and kind of imply in our daily practice. Thank you. Thank you so much. And actually, for me, that was all also something that in a way was new for me because I get I got to learn about these three kinds of offerings uh, that we can do to we were talking about how to offer an absence right so the first one was as you just mentioned Natalie it's it is um offering things that don't have an owner like I don't know the moon although some people may argue that it's changing but you know things like the mountains the the rivers um flowers in nature trees the sky the sunset all those things you can offer like you look at them and you're like wow what a beautiful thing i offer it to this um holy absence or state of mind who doesn't has any impurity at all right um, and then, as you say, yes, we can also offer our time, our energy, our our practice. Like, how do we use our lives? That's uh, what they say, our own body. And, and number three, we can also offer things that we imagine. Um, we're gonna we're gonna in a few moments we're gonna do the reading. This one happens to not be too long, so maybe we have a good chance to to do good progress on it. Uh, but for you, Nick, how, how is it that in general this reading um, uh, strike you, stroke you? I don't know. How do you say? Struck. <laughs> struck you. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. I, thanks for choosing this section. It's very beautiful. And, and I also think it's really interesting. And for me, um, it's personal. It hits a personal note because... I remember when I first started studying this, these ideas, how much it really struck me, this idea of uh, just like offering everything, you know, everybody was just always talking about offering, offer it, offer this, you know, dedicate it, people would say a lot, or offer it to your Lama or, you know, whatever, they were using these different kinds of phrases. Uh, and uh, I, it kind of was powerful for me, the understanding that a lot of what we're doing when we become practitioners of this material uh, is like changing the way our mind works and changing the habits, changing the things that our mind has become accustomed to. And so, you know, normally as a human being, my mind is mostly accustomed to pretty low level stuff. <laughs> you know, I want food now, you know, like whatever you know, me want something, you know, just <laughs> basic, <laughs> I don't like, you know, and, um, you know, to, to, to just even exercise this kind of, this, this section's all about, you know, how your mind is involved with offerings and offering stuff in your mind. It's not like going to the store, like Catherine said. So I think it's so much an exercise in mind training. So that was, that's really powerful because I, I feel like for me, so many of the good seeds that I planted early on in my practice were from this exact kind of thing, you know, like I would be near my teacher and I would experience some sort of bliss. And then I would quickly remember to like offer that 
or uh, stuff like that. I remember, it reminds me, this is just funny. At some point during those years, scientists discovered a planet that's completely made out of diamond, like a small planet <laughs> that's 100% diamond. And uh, there was a post about it, like on Facebook. And my buddy quickly commented, I offer it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So he then he offered it before me, so I was like I was jealous because I wanted to offer it, but <laughs> just joking. Um, yeah, but I feel like a lot of like you can you really can plant a lot of powerful seeds, and I think partly it's from rehabituating your mind to just you're rewiring the working of your mind, and and that just makes you happier, you know. That's beautiful, Nick. Thank you so much. Um, I, you mentioned something that is related to the very first parts of the reading. We're going to just check on that in, in, in just a moment. But you did mention about the importance of, uh, well, all, all, yeah, all of you mentioned it in a certain degree. Um, the way we offer, either like bringing back to emptiness or with, with certain kind of motivation, like the way we offer seems to be like super important not only to offer but how do we offer and not only that but why do we offer and apparently in this reading also to whom we offer like each aspect of the offering itself um, it makes it powerful so what i propose is to just go and read a few uh, paragraphs and then we talk about it because you're going to see as, as soon as we start reading, this subject comes up. So I'm going to share the screen with you guys. And let's read a little. Okay. Share. Uh, yes. Can you see? Okay. Okay. So... Would you like now going back to the cycle, Catherine? Would you like to start reading? Thank you. You mean this three or? Uh huh. Maybe yeah, yeah. Like let's do these three paragraphs. Okay. Make offerings. Uh, how to make offerings to three to the three jewels? Make offerings in an excellent way to those who have gone that way, to the holy jewel of the Dharma, the absence of impurity, and to those oceans of high spiritual qualities, to the sons and doctors of the Buddhas, in order to acquire this jewel wish. You should make offerings in an excellent way, meaning that you should offer the most exquisite objects with the thoughts and in a manner which is filled with reverence. What should be the goal of making this offering? You should present them in order to acquire the jewel of the wish for enlightenment, which supplies very every single good thing there is to every single living being. And to whom you should make the offerings? They should be make, made first of all to those who have gone that way. And then they should be made to the holy jewel of the Dharma so-called, because it is the Dharma of holy realized beings. And these Dharma consists of the truth of sensation, the truth of the past in the greater way. The truth of sensation here includes both natural purity and also the absence of any temporary impurities. And you should finally make offerings to those great ones who are like the ocean of high spiritual qualities to sons and doctors of the Buddhas who are realized beings, such as the Lord, loving eyes, Avilokiteshvara, and the gentle, and the gentle voice, Manjushri. Thank you so much. So for me, something interesting is like, just in these opening lines, like there is enough material for like a whole hour or two hours just here. As you may see, um, as you can see, they are describing the three jewels. 
But not only that, even before they are telling you, we have to make offerings, yes, but how? In an excellent way, we have to do them very well. What does that mean, right? It means with like thoughts of like reverence and appreciation and um, admiration, I will say. But not only that, like why? Why are you gonna give an offering? In this case, they say, in order to acquire the, the, the wish for enlightenment, the jewel of the wish, they say. And it made me thought about, yeah, sometimes just the intention, the motivation behind an offering makes everything different, right? There are certain bodhisattva vows that says you are not supposed to give an offering if it's only because you want personal gain. But of course, making offerings is like a super good thing. But you see, just the, why, why, why are you giving an offering seems to be very important. Um, I have a question regards if any of you may have an idea. They say, they say when they are describing the jewel of the Dharma, they say the jewel of the Dharma has two parts, the truth of cessation and the truth of the path. Does any of you have any idea what's the difference in this context? What, what's the Dharma true of cessation, the Dharma jewel true of cessation and what's the Dharma jewel true of the path? And it's something that I was wondering. I have ideas, but I'm not sure. Any of you may, I don't know. Um, they seem shy, so I'll uh, speak on it. Um, so, I mean, those two, those are two of the four higher truths, right? Um, you guys know that. And uh, those are the two latter ones, <laughs> as you know, right? Uh, and those are the two pure ones. <laughs> so I think that they're considering it the Dharma jewel because they really reflect the pure, the pure part of the, of the path. Uh, even though the fourth one's called the truth of the path, the whole thing, in, you know, involves our path out of pain. So uh, I usually think of the Dharma jewel in terms of how it was defined in an earlier ACI course um, as being the direct perception of emptiness itself. Um, but there, you know, the truth of cessation in my mind is the same as saying nirvana and, you know, the end. It's the, the end of all pain, which is nirvana. And then the path is how you get there. So to me, that, that makes sense that it's the it's who you're making offerings to because like you're you know, you dedicate your good actions to achieving that cessation, which is the the quite possibly the best thing you can achieve, or or one of the best, and uh and all the stuff that comes along that helps you get there. You know, so we were talking about dedication and uh, to me, like making offerings is great and it's awesome and it's probably good seeds and making offerings with a kind of a, a high goal in mind, I think is even more powerful. So if your goal happens to be the end of suffering, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what I the, the thing that I thought without knowing if I'm right or not, but it's good to bring it up. That's why we how we learn in a way. Um, if if it's the case that true of cessation may be talking about the direct perception of emptiness and emptiness itself, and the truth of the path, maybe the, the achievements, the like the arha or Buddha states in mind and the reason i thought that is because then the reading uh, i'm gonna share the reading again just to check that it says that cessation is divided in two in the the like the the one that it's always there and the one that it's temporary mm -hmm. so i thought maybe direct perception of emptiness 
is the purity that it's temporary and the emptiness itself is the purity that it's always there. Let me, let, let's see, I'll show you. Um, I know which section, I'll talk while you're pulling it up. Uh, I thought of it because that's a, a pretty common expression uh, in terms of... Um, Are you seeing the reading? Yeah, I remember also natural nirvana often means emptiness. So I think, here, where is it? Yeah, here. Natural purity and the absence of temporary impurities. I think the natural, well, they both mean emptiness. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because I will feel like the temporary one is when you are under the direct perception of emptiness. And you, you know, we have here like, Geshe-la sometimes says, we come out of that state. I mean, we will, I will pray. Uh, and then I will get upset again, very possibly. But for that particular moment, for that temporary moment, I had no impurities. And I'm guessing that it's also talk about natural purity. May it be emptiness itself like that how they call it, the, the realm of ease or something that it's always there. That's Even how I interpret it, yeah. Okay, this is good because it's helping us to first understand who or to what or to who we are offering. And and I just realized I don't even know really what, what's the Dharma jewel. I mean, I have a general idea, but there is always deeper way to take it. Um, what do you think now, if, could you share, if we go a little bit back and we talk about the importance of the way we offer, how, why, our motivation behind, to whom, could you talk a little bit about your personal thoughts or even personal experience if you have seen, um, what would you say in a way why is it so important not only to offer but to consider all these other elements and i asked um catherine to read this but i didn't ask her anything but this is why i will ask you what's your personal idea on the importance on the other elements not only to offer but every other aspect of offering what makes it better what makes it more powerful Thank you. Um, here, here he mentioned uh, we should present them in um, in order to acquire the jewel of the wish for enlightenment. And uh, as you mentioned, that um, the intention is very important because we can do the offerings like uh, just for ourselves, right? Because that's normally what we think. Where um, we're thinking, oh, I, I'm doing the offerings because we know that what results will bring us. And naturally, we'll, we will be um, prosperity. We will have everything we have. And, but um, this is the intention that we should bring up is to do it with the wish with the um, intention of, um, I wanted to do it for everyone. So, because this is great, because the objects, what we are offered to is so, it's so big, it's, it's so strong. So, so um, by doing this offering thing, um, we can collect or we can accumulate all mountains of merit but not just for myself, for um, this is a practice. So um, practice so that I can think, I can take everybody or every living beings in my heart when I'm doing this offering thing. So I think that's very important for us. For example, like normally, like every morning, for example, we are putting not putting on nice dress, right? Or clothes. Actually, this kind this could be kind of offering thing. But normally what we think is just I, I just do it for myself, right? I, because I wanted to 
look beautiful, elegant, etc. But if I can think, I'm I can do it. I can do this offering. I can do this for everyone because um, so that everyone will see, and and then everyone will get faith, or everyone will be um, have confidence. Well, they're seeing you that you are doing some kind of practice, and then you are so happy. You look so good, and that's different. That's a different story. That's totally has has totally different meanings. That's the one thing that I think um, that with the wish that's very important, and it tells different stories while we are doing that, and also. Um, well, we should think of the objects. Um, if we think um, we are doing the offering, sometimes we are say like, um, I offer this, I offer that, or we even have the um, pictures or tongue calls, right? On the altar and we can bring some food or fruits or flowers or everything, but um, we think that there, we, we normally, we don't think, oh, who actually we are offered to. We're thinking like, it's just a picture here. It's just a statue here. So um, when we get used to that kind of thinking in our mind, and this offering thing just becomes like, um, how to say, stereotype or the things that you get, just get used to. But you, we normally, we um, often forgot who actually we are offered to. Are we just offered to the statue, to the Buddha, to the um, Dharma, or to those one who reach to realized? But we, normally we don't really think What's the jewels behind that, right? So um, this is what I think. Thank you very much. If you don't mind, I have yeah, quickly. Thank you so much. One, thank you, Catherine. That was really beautiful. And I have something to add to the first part that you mentioned when you say uh, when we're doing kindness and the intention of these uh, good actions is to possess something that we know that something will get in return. And yes, definitely it's an obvious problem. Also, I found that a second type of problem exists that when we're doing uh, good actions, helping other people, support others, and uh, not necessarily we have a, that intention, oh, it will come back to me. We're just doing that effortlessly. Uh, oh, this is because it's a nice way doing that without this deep dedication uh, and wish yeah, to enlightenment. Just was helping today. I, I caught myself on that. I was helping today. And uh, Someone asked me, I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And uh, only two hours after I realized I just did it just because people ask me and it's nice to do that. And that's all. It's just like, it's nice to do that. And period. We not dedicate. And this is the second problem. Okay. Maybe what you're saying is um, it's a problem to... Um, not being very mindful or maybe not taking the real like i don't know how to say it like it may sound bad but it's not taking advantage of the situation like to really squeeze like the benefits because in a way like how do you say this benefit is not gonna be only for ourselves it's actually when we talk about the wish for lemon is for everybody so in a way, it's like the example I would like to put is like, if you don't make the, the most profit out of it, you are missing resources to share with others. Like, it's like you are doing a business 
and you try to get the most profit out of it because you know the more profit you get the more people are gonna be able to come to the dinner that you're gonna organize whatever it's just an example but maybe that's how i take what you're saying like not only do the thing in automatic without um, being aware or mind mindlessly but if you put your mind into it and understanding how it's working why it's working what's the purpose of the thing it will enhance the full thing beautiful thank you i like that and now will you make us um the honors of reading the next paragraphs natalie sure lots of we will discuss the kinds of offering in three parts. The offering of things which have no honor, the giving of your own body, and the offering of things which you emanate with your own thoughts. For the first, we will describe that is that we offer and then how it is we offer. And finally, the reason for giving things which have no honor. Do you want me to continue? Yes, please. Just to let everybody know, the, the letters that are involved, like, you know, mm -hmm. those are the root text. And the okay. other ones are the commentary by Gail Subject, Master Gail Subject. Give flowers and fruits as many as exist, and all the different herbs as many as there may be. Give each and every precious substance contained in a planet and all the pure and lovely water that exists. Give the precious mountain, and so too, the forest, quiet place of refuge, and lovely spots. Give the plants studded with the flowers and adorn. The tree, those branches are bent low under fine, ripe fruits. Give fragrances and incense, even those which are found in the words of pleasure, being and the like a wishing tree and the tree of precious substances. Give grain that grows without ever being planted and any other lovely object which is worthy of presenting. Oh, I need to open my, yeah. Lovely lakes and bathing ponds bedecked with lotus blossoms and water birds of beauty seen in the splendid sun. Thank you so much. Um, well, I would like to hear as well from you, all of you, um, maybe if you can share with us like practical ways to do this that you may have tried in your personal life. How can we do this? Like, do you only do this while you sit on meditating? Or is it something that you're just walking down the street and you just see like a beautiful, I don't know, flower and you say like, ah, oh, that's one I offer. Um, do you have any personal like mm, trick or advice you could share? How can we do this in our daily lives? I can, I can, I can start sharing <laughs> since I read this. So actually, uh, Juan, you just mentioned two type of basically offerings uh, that personally I like to do. So the first one, it's in uh, my daily activity when uh, I live in beautiful Canada, Vancouver, so many beautiful <laughs> uh, nature here around me. And I like uh, take a break from my daily activity, uh, working, volunteering and uh, enjoying going outside and I see this beauty around me uh, or animals, wild animals, uh, squirrels. And I like to pause and stop. And first thing that comes to me is grateful. I'm really grateful for, for what I see and what I have around. And the second part, I dedicate this beauty. And quite often I dedicate it to my teacher. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm grateful that I have a hard teacher and I dedicate this beauty um, 
so he can be also around by this beauty and so he can stay with all his students and continue teaching me and other students uh, so that's uh, one way of uh, how i do this in a in a daily life in the second one it's in a meditation uh, when i do preliminaries and when i set the altar i actually um like to set the altar also in my mind and uh, i see how i basically maybe on the top of the mountain and there's a beautiful flowers around me birds uh, instruments beautiful uh, unusual instruments that uh, give really pleasant music and um, I meditate and I see that that I set up the altar and take this beauty and kind of put it nicely around the altar and offer which is also part of I mean part of my preliminaries before the meditation so that's two of my practices Thank you so much. Beautiful. And I guess if we do things like that, but with this particular motivation, that will serve us as an like, uh, automatic like, reminder of emptiness the whole day and to start thinking, to, to bring back to mind, okay, where, is things, where are the things that are happening to me coming from? Okay, what should I do if I encounter this person in the street that I've been having problems with? Okay, what should I do once that I call my mom? Or, you know, like if we keep in mind uh, this idea of emptiness and where things are coming from, I think that can really serve as an, as an antidote that's gonna protect us eventually because we are gonna use it to make better decisions in daily, activities as well that's very cool now um i would like to ask nick to read the next part but there is something maybe we can check it out i couldn't really know why why it is there i'll show you and if you have any idea why this is there please let me know okay so natalie just read the root text here and then she shared with us some ways that she puts it into practice. Now, the next big paragraph, it's about the commentary on Gil Savje. Um, he, Master Gil Savje, kind of goes a little bit deeper into each one of them. But what I don't know why it is here is this part. It says, okay, offer all these that we talk about and many or any other lovely thing that is worth it to present to the jewels. But then it says, certain authors have failed to understand the commentary, have explained. Uh, the, okay, sorry. Certain authors who, have, who fail to understand the commentary have explained the order of the root text in a different way. I don't know what does that mean. But if any of you have heard anything, let us know. Another interesting thing that I find here is that these are offerings of things that do exist, but don't have an owner. And check it out. It's, uh, it talks about, for example, for example, where is it? Where is it? Like the worlds of pleasure beings, serpent beings, and the like, the wishing tree which applies every wish. In a way, this implies that these things exist. You know, we are in this part, we are offering things that do exist and don't have others. I just find it very interesting. If any of you want to add anything to this, please, you can talk anytime. And if not, we can keep reading. Um, well, just to answer your question, uh, I mean, it's not that I don't think it's that important for this discussion, but uh, he's just saying the order. He's just saying the uh, they've explained the order of the root text in a different way. So I think he just me. I mean, I have to see the the other language, but 
I think he just means that they listed the offerings in a different order. And I know it's Gyaltsabje making this commentary, writing this, and I've worked a lot with his books <laughs> and he just tends to be very meticulous and specific and um, perhaps had a debate with somebody about the order <laughs> that they came in and there may be for some philosophical reason, but without any explanation, there's no way to guess <laughs> really. <laughs> Okay. It just means the order of the offerings, I believe. And in a way, for me, it also shows the depth that the scriptures can go, really, you know, like mm -hmm. probably we could, yeah, we could go in a whole deep trip just by this line. Um, this one quickly yeah. brought up the question uh, does it mean the order we're offering? makes sense, not I make sense, or it doesn't really matter what order we're gonna follow. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? I, well, I, have to, I would have to see what it says in the Tibetan, because I don't, I don't know exactly. To me, as yeah. long as you have a really good intention to enlightenment, to all other beings, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know where, what he's criticizing that other authors have done, but. These guys can get pretty specific, but I agree with you. I don't, it's probably not that important of a point in terms of our own practice. <laughs> okay, so let's keep reading and see what else do we find out. So I'm reading? Yes, please. Okay. I imagine in my mind each and every one of those objects owned by no one which may exist in all the infinite expanse of all of myriad space. I offer these in an excellent way to the highest of all living beings, to the able ones, along with their sons and daughters. May all of these beings of highest spiritual qualities who possess the ultimate form of compassion look upon me with love and accept all I offer. That's great because we come back to why are we offering? <laughs> so they look upon me with love and accept what I offer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's keep going. Maybe because it's almost time, let's just read the root text. Right. Okay. I am not the kind of person who has merit. I am extremely poor and I have no other kind of wealth that I might offer. I beg you, therefore, protector who thinks of what might be of benefit to others, to use your power to accept these offerings, all for my own sake. Okay. And maybe one more? Okay. Uh, sure. Amelie's coming. I, okay, Amelie. Hold I'm reading. I offer my own body... <laughs> I offer my own body forever to the victors. Thank you. That's so beautiful. I can't believe you made that. Can I show the world? Okay. Well, she made something really cool. I'm not going to show it to you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> nice. That's so cool. Amelie, are you going to offer that to somebody? Do you want to offer it to mommy? No. Okay. <laughs> 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 I offer my own body forever to the victors and to their sons and daughters, and I beg these supreme warriors to accept me totally. For in reverence, I offer myself as your subject. So yeah, this is the second kind of offering we can do. First, like things we see, even I will say like things we feel, things we want, good things that we see others doing, good things we do. And now also we can offer our time, energy, <clears throat> good things we do. And supposedly it's great because those are offerings for the three jewels. So in a way, as Natalie was saying, we can just help somebody just because they ask us to and it's a habit. Or we can also use that that we just did and consider it like today I did an offering to the three jewels more interest. 
Um, investment. Yeah, investment. Mm, maybe let's just mention, so we covered that. What's the third kind of, um, the third kind of offering? Stuff we can um, think of, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, where is it? There to me. Yeah, here it is. Maybe let's just read this and we close this part. You can keep going, or if anybody wants, I'll just because we're going to run out of time. I make this offering in a great bathing chamber filled with fine fragrance and with a floor made of crystal, perfectly clear, sparkling, gleaming. The chamber has lovely pillars, glowing with precious jewels and a canopy stretched across it with pearls and radiating light. Yeah, okay. no, and maybe now I, I take the mistake because in this part, I think we do have to read the commentary to just give context to the audience. That what oh. are we about to read? Yeah. Okay. You want me to read that paragraph? Yes. There are two major divisions to our third point. The offering of things which you emanate with your own thoughts. Uh, the first of them has 12 parts of its own. The offering of bathing, lovely clothing, precious adornments, ointments, flowers, incense, fine foods, lights, mansions, parasols, and music, followed by the act of blessing so that the stream of offering can continue never ending. The offering of bathing covers three subjects, the bathing chamber, the way in which to offer the bathing, and how to wipe dry the holy body. So just in general, um, I think this is very, very interesting. How, okay, now we reach number one kind of offering you can give is things that have no owner. We talked about it. Number two, your time, energy, they call it your body, but the class explains that it's your practice, your energy, your time, your all that. Number three, in your mind, imagine every beautiful situation, every beautiful thing. They give us so many different examples, like even bathing, you know, um, clothing, um, could say jewelry, ointments, flowers, food, music, big palaces, houses, everything, anything, whatever you think it's like beautiful in your mind, there are no limitations. And I find it interesting that even in those things, supposedly, I think we are encouraged to also be aware of the ways we do it because check it out, even just for the first one, the bathing. You are offering somebody, like an angel, let's say, a bathing. But even on that very first one, there is already on where are you going to bathe them? And how are you going to bathe them? How are you going to do the wiping? How are, so we can go as deep as we want, basically. That's it. Like in, in, and you can imagine the same, I will say, for every offering. And feel happy, I will say, to know that that's considered an offering to the three jewels. That's beautiful. It gives you a lot. It gives us a lot of um, room for increasing our good seats and get ready to develop this wish. Uh, maybe if any of you has any final whatever thing you want to share, um, maybe to encourage us. How how will you encourage us to try this practice? Or, or if you have tried any benefits you have get out of it. And with that, we can wrap it up. I can quickly share my experience, if you don't Please. mind. Um, I actually, before I uh, knew about ICI-10 and about this reading, I, um, I guess uh, the seeds, um, I did this offering where I bathed in my own mom. With my mom, I used to have really terrible relationship and uh, there's many, now I understand the seeds and everything. Uh, but at some point I start uh, imagine this, how I'm taking care of her and give her bathing and put a beautiful clothes. Uh, 
and that was a really beautiful experience because um, I feel pain because of this relationship, but this has helped me to plant a really kind of kindness and healing towards this relationship. So I guess what I'm trying to say and try to encourage everyone, if you have any person who might irritate you or you might not have a healthy relationship with, um, maybe it's your close family member or close friend, your dearest friend, um, try to imagine this. And if it's uh, maybe your boss or colleague, uh, definitely would be <laughs> not really maybe <laughs> a good idea to, to bath them. But maybe imagine how you uh, serve them a nice meal. That's, uh, I encourage you to try this. How you go do offering a really good, nice meal, fine meal, yeah, and how they're happy. And you're so detailed about everything and they really enjoying. And um, you will see, um, you're actually going to plant a really good seeds and you will see um, relationship changed. That's what happened with me. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. That's a great idea. That's very cool. I, I like it. Any other thoughts? Anybody want to share? Yes, um, I want to say um, maybe um, some of you uh, or maybe sometimes we'll think, oh, I have nothing to offer. But here today we've learned there are so many things that we can offer and we can offer in different ways. Also, you can offer things that every beautiful things you see, you think, and also even your time and efforts. So there are so many things that we can offer. So uh, that's a good thing. That's a good news. So that which means that we can do the offering um, every moment and, and everything can do can be offered. And, um, and there is another thing. Offering we, while we are doing offering, but why don't we just make it higher or make the seeds bigger? is with the wish with the how to say we say it um bodhicitta or with the wish because we are not only do it for ourselves we hope to do it for everyone so with that just with that sort of um that think or that thought um everything will be different and we it will be different totally different meanings so I want to say, um, even even while you are st uh, struggling, while you are having difficulties and problems, and suddenly you realize you you try to think the emptiness. This moment also, it can offer, because this is the personal practice, right? And personal practice it could be something also we can offer. So, actually, um, to summarize, is we can offer everything. So don't worry, you don't have anything to offer. And also, you can do the offering every moment just with the thought. Try to bring the wish. Try to think the emptiness while you are doing everything, while you are doing the offerings. And it will, it will be, have higher meaning for us. So that's what I really want to say and what, we, what I've already uh, learned from today's session. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's beautiful. Beautiful and very powerful. We can make our life an offering, a meaningful offering. That's so nice. And you want to say any last thing, Nick? No, that was perfect. I don't need to add it. That was beautiful. That's a great way to sum it up. Um, I, I'll tell some stories next time. But... Uh, that was really great. Thank you all for sharing. I'll just say, uh, in the spirit of offering, <laughs> uh, the Diamond Cutter Classics needs support. So one kind of physical offering you're all very welcome to make, but it's not necessary, is to donate to uh, our translation program because we are we're doing very beautiful things and trying to keep this 
this wisdom alive. So, and trying to not just keep it alive, but bring it to your kitchen now. <laughs> and we work very hard to do that. And uh, so if you feel like donating, um, we could use your support. Thank you so much. Yeah, the link, the link is in the chat if you want Thank to. You. Thank you. Oh, and there's an up. There's a translation program coming. Uh, don't miss it. Sign up now. Uh, it's um, January 6th to 19th, uh, Arizona days. So <laughs> please come. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. We're we're really doing some cool stuff. So go to the website diamondcutterclassics.com and sign up for our translation program. Even more important, you can space out and then you can offer your spacing out to <laughs> to enlightenment <laughs> and you can offer the parts that you understand like if you have an aha moment you can make that an offering and then when there's confusing parts that you don't understand you can make an offering of that <laughs> that's what i do that's true that's all true. the time and it that's... sounds funny but it is true yeah it's true it's cool yeah i do it all the time yeah. uh and you can miss class and then make it an offering and then come to class and make it an offering. <laughs> hey, and if, if, if you are all interested in these topics that we are just reading, I also want to remind you that during this translation program, Nick was just saying, um, Geshe Michael is beginning to write a commentary on these same texts that we just had today and we have been having for the last uh, sessions and we will keep going going on he's gonna write a commentary he announced last term he's gonna write a commentary on this particular root text um bodhisattva charya vatara bodhisattva's way of life so if you uh sign in and, and are following these uh, translation programs we will be studying and reading these verses again soon thank you thank you so much yeah thank all you right. best wishes nice Have to see you all time. Yeah, thank you thank all you. for coming. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, panelists. Thank you.